three, two, one. Hello and welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. With you as always is your host, Jeremy, and with me, your host, Jeremy, is the other host, who is named Host... Michael. Why, hello, Michael. How in the world are you? That's interesting syntax. I'm doing well, well... I am doing well now. You're doing well, well? <laughs> well, I'm doing well uh-huh. now. Okay. Yes. Do you still have your cold? Is that an issue still? Well, now I have a cold, but there is something else going on, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, Michael, how about you fill me in on what's going on with this thing and tell me what your beer brag is? Well, Jeremy, I had a brew from GI Lumen Brewing. And it is very local. Um, had one of theirs called Norovirus. <laughs> it was a little too sour on the tongue, like really tart. And uh, the back end was way too chocolatey. Just like a blast of chocolate that I did not like. Zero stars for that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. This is one I would not want to have again. Lame, I guess. That's why technically I have no beer brag. Because I think I had norovirus. I'm I, okay. Now is this the same beer? Is is the beer called norovirus? <laughs> Jeremy, this, there's no beer brag. Oh, this has I'm, all been a ruse. I I made up a beer. I'm so confused. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been had. You've been had. The folks at home have been too. No, no one else was had. Just me. <laughs> I was tremendously ill. Oh. Uh, this past week. If you listen to those tasty notes again, you might the, the wink may become more evident. Um, no, probably not, man. I'm woefully <laughs> like dunce-like when it comes to this sort of thing. It's fine, Jeremy. But I, I hear you have more than enough to make up for this. Do I ever? So uh, this past weekend, I knocked one off the list, Michael. Ooh. I went to Peace Trees Tap Room, not the brewery itself, but the tap room okay. in Des Moines, Iowa, as I was. Uh, my wife and I went to a wedding at a venue directly across the street from the the Peace Tree Tap Room, and I got a flight while I was there. Oh, okay. It has been a hot second since I have had you know anything by Peace Tree. I think the last thing probably would have been Blonde Fatale that we did on here. Oh yeah, that's right. It's been like what a month, a couple months ago. I don't, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. That's about right. But. Uh, First thing that one will notice is the plethora of oddball beers that they have on there. So they're normal stuff that gets bottled and sent out on tap to this part of the state is largely Blonde Fatale on tap, and I th- I suspect that's because it gets brewed in Coralville. Right, yeah, I was going to say. But there they had a whole bunch of weird stuff. They had their core beers like Red Rambler. And uh, some of the other ones that we've had on the show. Have we had any of these on the show besides that? Uh, the Charles Nelson. Yes. That's what the, is it called uh, again? Uh, Otis Craig J- T. Nelson. Uh, I, yeah, we'll just call it Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> um, but I had some that were so new they're not even on their website yet. Oh, okay. Gee. One of them that I could not find on Untapped, which... I'm now finding out might be because they were being wiseacres at the tap room was what was known there is I see dead people brow. It's an I see dead people bro light lager. Oh, okay. Um, 
in retrospect, I probably should have done something a little bit more intricate intricate than this. But yeah. uh, as you'll see, I had more than enough heavy hitters to carry me through, and I didn't want to overdo it. So, especially since you know the reception hadn't even started. Perfectly solid light logger. Be a great crushable yellow beer if they ever decide to start canning things at Peachtree. Mm-hmm. Next on the list was a watermelon Belgian. Watermelon Belgian. It was good. Mm. It. Uh, I am not usually a fan of watermelon flavoring. I don't know if the, I'm assuming this had real watermelon in it because it kind of had that. It had the sweeter watermelon taste as opposed to like that. Where, oh, right. Yeah, sour, Jolly Rancher kind of. Yes. I mean, maybe that's what I was picturing in my head when I ordered it. But uh, it was extremely well done. The yeast came through, the body came through, the watermelon came through, but nothing overpowered the other. Uh, I think everything from here on out got 4.25 stars for me. Hmm. And that may have just been because I was in a hurry. (laughs) There was also a... Cherry Goza called Cherry Palm, which I cherry assu- Goza. Oh. I assume was a cherry pomegranate Goza or a sour. I think I'm not sure. This is yet another one that I couldn't find on Untapped. This one was probably the weakest of the the weird ones, mm-hmm. just because the cherry didn't really come through, but it was still, oh, okay. it was still pretty dang good. Um, uh, no, it was a New England IPA that was loaded up with cherries. Oh, okay. I wish I would have known this when I was uh, making my mental notes. Uh, Yeah, I'll have to try that one again at some point. In any case, next on the list was uh, one that I think is going to kind of surprise you, Michael. Uh It's called Two Worlds Collide. And this was a Chardonnay Brute IPA. Ooh. Uh, it was listed as a beer slash wine hybrid and not a brute IPA. Which... A hybrid? So they mixed or blended? I'm not exactly sure what the base of this beer was. Mm-hmm. But the little placard that they had magneted to the cooler there that had the beer list uh, said that it was a beer finished with Chardonnay grapes on it. So I don't oh. think it had that weird amylase finish, nor do I think it had the you know, the wine yeast in it because it was not dry. I was going to say, even Chardonnay is not a dry wine, I don't think. I think it's... It can be dry, I think. One of those mid ones or something. But in any case... In, this... in any case, I, I, I don't know. I don't really like white wine and my wife only likes sweet wines. So I am woefully oh. uh, underschooled on my white wines. And the last one, for obvious reasons, that will become obvious here in a second, uh, I got the Red Red Rambler Amber Ale that had been aged in Cedar Ridge whiskey barrels. Ooh, whiskey. And friends of the show, James, also had this one. I don't believe you know James. He was at my I wedding. So. It's, okay. it's, a, it's a good time. He's a good dude. In any case, he also had this one. And it's, see, I don't know if I've ever had a red or anything that isn't a stout aged on a whiskey barrel. Okay. Stout porter super dark beers right you know whatever this one had just the right hit of whiskey in it mm-hmm. wife of the james <laughs> had mentioned that it got all the whiskey taste that she or just the right amount of whiskey taste that she likes without the whiskey burn or the aftertaste that super woody barrelly flavor for lack of a better word yeah yeah um it was very very good i 
don't know if you'd be able to have more than one. The taster, sampler, whatever flight amount that I had was just right. And uh, yeah, it was it was good. That sounds like an interesting variety. Like really nothing standard there, maybe except the lager. The, the but light, yeah. In in a good way though. It just keeping you on your toes there. Some of the other ones they had on tap that I have had before was Cornucopia, which hopefully they bottle again because I think that'd be a fascinating one to do on here. That is a farmhouse ale that has a bunch of sweet corn in it. Sweet corn? Wow. I know, right? It's hmm. it's weird, but I enjoyed it. I did not try. I can't believe it's not bitter. Their name, <laughs> which is a solid name. <laughs> that is a great. Yeah. Good stuff there. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, maybe at some point we'll have to get the gang together and like just take some random Saturday in the summer in a couple of years when your children can be, you know, dealt with by one parent easily. Right. And just be irresponsible and go around to all the different breweries in Des Moines. Yeah, there are quite a few. There's XIL, there's 515, also right across from Peace Tree's tap room and right next to the venue where I had the wedding reception at is one I had never heard of called 1717 Brewing. Interesting. 515 Brewing was right across the street from the church. What's 1717 referred to, do we know? I think it's just the address of the uh, <laughs> of the of the brewery, but I could be wrong. Well, that works. Um, but yeah, there's Confluence, too. There's Confluence. Yeah. Anyway, onward, upward, Peace Tree. Check it out. Yeah. It's just the right size, too. Not too big, not too small. Keep it up, Peace Tree. Yeah. We'll be seeing them in uh, the relatively near future. Oh, yeah. Do we have something? We do. We do. Oh, good. One that I have not had and one that looks to be uh, quite delightful by the looks of it. But that's uh, a tease for another day. Yeah, look forward to that. Jeremy, should we go over? We haven't done this segment in a long time, so we're actually looking back upon the year, and I think there's a big item. Actually, it's probably fizzled down by now, but... Well... For bruise news. We're doing bruise news. It's it's ended. Whether or not it's fizzled out is... We're talking about the founder's controversy of late 2019. Yes, that actually began... At least I think so, anyways. Right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I should clarify. Which began at least a year ago. Yeah, did did we talk about it when this broke? Yeah, I think we touched on it. I okay. think we're like, oh, by the way, they're racist, and it like, got oh, that's too bad. <laughs> it got it got so much worse. Yeah, they had what it was. I believe is probably one of the worst weeks, PR wise, that like a major company of any stripe has had in a long time. Yeah, it was not good. People dumping <sighs> out their bottles of CBS. Well, they were going to do that anyway. <laughs> After tasting it? That's mean. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Funny, though. It made me laugh. Yeah. So they were uh, in the middle of a... Is it a discrimination lawsuit? Wrongful termination? Uh, I think it's all of the above. Yeah. So from uh, DetroitMetroTimes.com. Yes. MetroTimes.com. Detroit's uh, newspaper. The former founder's employees, Tracy Evans, by the way, who is an African-American man. Yes. Uh, the former founder's employees race is at the center of a contentious racial discrimination lawsuit that he filed in federal court against the Grand Rapids-based brewer. 
Evans, a former manager who worked in the Detroit and Grand Rapids locations, alleged, quote, a racist internal corporate culture, end quote. Some white co-workers exhibited multiple examples of, quote, blatant racism. Among other issues, they repeatedly used the N-word around him, and management allegedly named a printer used the white guy printer while labeling the printer for lower-tier employees the black guy printer. Management, Evans says, did little to, about the racism he encountered, and he claims he was fired while preparing to make a second formal complaint to human resources about such issues. The suit is moving for well, not anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, the suit is moving through the trial process and is in depositions. That's where founders revealed a startling and arguably ludicrous defense. Yeah. The, <laughs> the manager who fired Evans is claiming he didn't know that Evans is black. Right. At one point, Dominic Ryan the founder's Detroit general manager even claims he doesn't know a former president Barack Obama, Kwame Kilpatrick, who was a mayor of Detroit, uh, focus of Crime Town season two, by the way, good, good <laughs> podcast, or Michael Jordan are African-American because, quote, he has never met them. It's, uh, it's bad. It's, yeah. It's real bad. That was the, uh, straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, from day one, it's been pretty ugly, but <sighs> that was just like... Well, that, that's what's kind of set beer Twitter on fire. Yeah. And and it goes on like this. I would highly recommend reading this, especially if you're, I know we have a few uh, lawyers that listen to the show. I would highly recommend looking at this because it's hilarious from like, a, like, wow, you're just digging a hole, bro. Being contentious. Yeah. For uh, legal reasons, uh, legal reasons doesn't even seem good. It's just to you know, just to be a. Uh, it's like if, if he wasn't being deposed for a federal lawsuit, I would say he's trolling this person. Right, right, yeah. But he's being deposed for a federal lawsuit, <laughs> and he's uh, he's a manager of a of a location for you know like a nationwide brewery. Like they they have nationwide distribution. Global, right? even okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, even better. But in any case, continue, Michael. I have, well, I'll, have, I'll fill in the details as needed. Well, yeah. So they ended up settling after that got out, yeah. which is essentially too little, too late. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, at least they settled. I think rather than pushing this further, you mean have more have them do that on the stand? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. The whole thing leaves. Uh, to say the least, a bad taste in your mouth. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, even with this whole thing started, I wasn't that big on Founders, but... Um, really? I mean, well, I mean, when when this first broke, I mean, before this whole... Uh, oh, before the fire started? Right, yeah. Okay. Before, like, this, the, those quotes came out, like, the over the past year and a half, or however this loss has been going, and I was kind of like, all right, maybe I'll cool it down on them for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, see what comes out, and then and then that was just over the top. So, since the publication of this story, dozens of local bars have dropped founders from their menus. This happened in Chicago a lot. Well, some, according to our boy Josh Knoll from the Chicago Tribune. Mm-hmm. On Friday, the company announced it was closing its Detroit, Detroit tap room until further notice, and it pulled out of that weekend's Michigan Brewers Guild Fall Beer Festival. Uh, also on the Friday, founders diversity and inclusion director. Gracie Harkema announced her resignation oh, yeah. from the company. Yeah, yeah you kind of got to do that. Yeah. So th- the question is, Michael, mm-hmm. is we don't really get political on this. I make snide remarks towards the current administration now and then. 
but we don't really discuss politics on here. No. Because there's enough of that in the world as it is. However, I think the very nature of this story means we kind of have to, at least as it relates to... So there... Okay, all this racist crap aside, there have been reasons to have problems with founders in the past couple years. Uh, Flooding the market with uh, KBS... Right. And, yeah. Flooding the market with CBS and overcharging hilariously for it, I might add. And then um, still maintaining a rarefied air in their marketing. Yeah, yeah. Which is more irritating than anything. Right, yes. Irritating is a good word for that, yeah. Here's the thing. In something like craft brewing, where you have a plethora of alternatives, mm-hmm. why would you not select a brewery that, A, does seem to do things that you find in line with your values or at the very or least B doesn't do doesn't things yeah outwardly have a bunch of like racist crap going on right because like the fact of the matter is i imagine racism infects all parts of all businesses everywhere right and even other craft brewers for that matter oh god yes yeah but um, they might not be stupid enough <laughs> to <laughs> A, drop N-bombs, or, you know, refer to someone in a derogatory manner that's in a protected class by whatever article of whatever. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, legal people, fill us in on this. Yeah. Uh, I do know that you can't fire someone for being black. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, know, I might not know what the name of the rule is, but I know you can't do it. Nor can you generally, you know, harass someone for, you know, being black or a woman or anything of that nature. These protected classes. Yeah. And, you know, rightfully so. But... So, in that world where you have all those alternatives, Uh anything to this far of an extent to even make me say, oh, you know, maybe I'll go with that alternative. Uh Uh-huh. Could even... You know, to go with an alternative, it could be like, you know, I don't really like that label. I'm going to go with that one. It's true. Let alone the quotes that came out of that. uh, Oh, boy. So, the okay, now the question is, Former President Barack Obama this past week called out cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And he says, I, I don't have the article in front of me, but he was giving a, a speech or a talk somewhere. And he's just like, look, man, you can't just cancel things you don't like. The whole point of this is to get people to work to be better. So my question for you, Michael, is what would founders need to do to get back in your personal good graces? Oh, I, you know, I don't know. Is it possible? It's hard to say. I mean, I'm sure they can do this public atoning kind of stuff and uh-huh. donations or something. Maybe that would be good. I agree that just outright cancel culture is not. It's, it's not the way to go. In way to go. Opinion. I mean, in, in certain, like, you know, if like, I'm okay with people hating Michael Jackson right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. But like. It's one thing to cancel an individual, but Founders is a corporation, it's too. It's true. It's true. That so, is a good point. I know people do work for that corporation, but it's still... Um, one person does not a corporation make. Right. So, so so if it's going to get to the point where they're naming uh, you know, printers racist crap, <laughs> it's more than one person, and it points to a systemic problem. Right. So at the same time... Well, uh, will I say I'll never ever have a drop of founders again? No, I probably wouldn't go that far. Um, but 
you know they're not they're not high on my priority list right now, especially with all the other mm-hmm. uh, breweries out there. So, but Jeremy, I, here we can put a little button on this brews news. Indeed, I don't I don't know if you knew about this. This is another. I would say Founders might be the biggest brews news of the year, barring yeah. anything crazy. I mean, sh- short of the explosion of uh, hard seltzer. Hard seltzer is up there. Um, I'm sure there was some buyout in there or something. There's been more um, than a few. Miller Coors is going yeah. to yeah, buy some are. coming up. Cause <laughs> yeah, they are. They're struggling. <laughs> they're um, struggling hard. And they're like, oh, crap, we should have seen where the puck was going like Budweiser did and just bought out three or four seltzer companies. I don't know. <laughs> right. But there was another buyout earlier this year. Oh. I don't know if you were aware of this, because we never talked about it, but the brewery of the FDR for this episode was oh. bought out like in May. Really? Yes. Uh, they called it a merger, I think, officially in the oh. press release. It was a buyout. But, yeah, one company is much bigger, because Boston Beer Company now owns... Dogfish Head. That's right. Back in May, they did that. I'm kind of okay with this one. Right. I mean, in the world of craft beer, Boston Beer Company is like the 800-pound gorilla in the room because... Because they're an an independent brewer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They push that definition literally. They've expanded the definition of independent craft brewer to accommodate yeah it's boston beer company it's weird but they're still much smaller than you know any macro ab and bev or anheuser yeah yeah so i uh i had forgotten about that thank you for bringing that up yes so now dogfish head is kind of under the umbrella of boston beer company um in fact i wonder if this bottle says anything about that on there i kind of doubt it it sounds like they're going to kind of maintain yeah no it doesn't maintain their kind of own image and everything uh it's probably more going to be corporate level and yeah i mean ingredient sourcing and there's no real reason to say anything about that especially when you're like i don't have your own identity already and yeah that's the way to put it i mean because it's just like dogfish head is a name in yeah oh yeah craft beer independent beer whatever you want to call it world yeah yeah. to say like hey man yeah we are still technically independent but we're not our own it it just dogfish dogfish head seems to me like they're kind of in that old hippie field kind of like new belgium yeah kind of a kind of their own thing they have an image i guess they have multiple beers named after american beauty by the (laughs) all right um yeah it's it's one of those things like where if like your local co-op that's been open for, say, 10 years, uh-huh. uh, sells to some not-quite-whole-foods level, but, you know, just some sort of other place. It wouldn't be that big of a deal as if it was, like, I, I can't even think of a chain of co-ops or, like, natural grocers or anything like that. Something like that. If they sold to something like that, people were like, ah, whatever, good for them, go get your money. But if they'd been around since, like, the 60s and they ran by the same crunchy group of hippies, <laughs> then... It would be, even though it's the exact same thing, it would still be a little bit more problem just because they have that reputation is the word right. I'm looking for. Right. Personally, I don't care because I highly doubt Sam Adams is going to screw with their uh, their business. I imagine, like you said, it's just a money and or distribution thing. 
yeah, I'm not expecting uh, like watered down ingredients to are like sideways brewing in your beer. Yeah, tanks. the Goose Island three one two. Like, <laughs> oh, we have to change the recipe because uh-huh. these fermenters are you know they're too big to put upright. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, but Michael, uh, do you want to tell the people what our beer is and what series we are continuing? Did we ever yes. come up with a delightful name for this series? Um. You know, uh, you you came up with a word. I believe you coined punkinity. Um, you know, we have beerosity. We do have beerosity. And beerosity is to beer as punkinity is to pumpkins. So this is our punkinity right. series, we'll cool. say. Uh, where we're doing pumpkin-related beers. Uh, and this week we're going with pump... Uh, excuse me. No, no, you got that backwards. We're doing... <laughs> yeah, did I botch that? A uh, little bit, yeah, but that's all right. Pumpkin... P-U-N-K-I-N, as in punk rock, or uh-huh. pumpkin ale from Dogfish Head Brewing. Uh, we're going with this one because it's I got think a it's gonna sweet be... label. <laughs> yes, it does have a sweet label. <laughs> and I think it's going to be most close to what we had last week, so we have a good comparison. Because the next two we have, I th- well, we'll get into that later. Uh, I, don't, I don't even remember. They're a little different, but um, oh yeah, one has a possibility to be really good, and one... We'll see. Uh, I mean, all beers could be garbage, Michael. Right. It's true. Um, anyway, you're saying this label is a cartoon of a punk rock band. Three-piece hollering punk band. Uh, but all their heads are pumpkins. They're jack-o'-lanterns. The drummer has a mohawk, kind of. Yeah. Flavor text, Jeremy? Do you want to do that? Do you have that up? Uh, otherwise, I can do it. This is a full-bodied brown ale with smooth hints of pumpkin, brown sugar, and spice. Every beer has a story. Here's pumpkin ale. A full-bodied brown ale with smooth hints of pumpkin and brown sugar. We brew our pumpkin ale with pumpkin meat, brown sugar, and spices. Meat. I don't know why that's so weird. As the season cools, this is the perfect beer to warm up with. Pumpkin ale is named after the seriously off-centered southern Delaware extravaganza pumpkin chunkin', which are pretty sweet, where I believe they, uh... Isn't that the thing where they take, like, trebuchets and whip pumpkins, like, <laughs> I believe a mile so, yeah. or so? <laughs> Pumpkin Ale made its debut as it claimed first prize in a 94 Pumpkin Chunkin recipe contest. Yes, that was a full six months before we even even opened our doors for business. Since its debut, we've brewed Pumpkin Ale each and every year. It is released right around Sept 1 each year. When you find some, grab extra because it's usually gone by Thanksgiving. It's a 7.0 ABV with 28 IBUs. It's a pumpkin beer. Yeah. Michael, you should try this with turkey, roasted duck, and lamb. That is specifically on there. What about dessert dumplings? That's on there, too. Those also have, like, ham in it or something like that. <laughs> ham for dessert. Again, an ABV of 7. How's these pumpkin beers getting up there? I didn't really realize that was a thing. Um, I think it's but... becoming more of a thing. Yeah. But let's open this up. Okay. And let's pour it into the glass that we selected. I just have a standard tumbler. Which is the uh, prescribed one by the website. Oh, okay, good. Oh, yeah, pint glass. I have my trademark congestion, although I don't have norovirus like Michael. (laughs) I am using my Exile joblet that I won at Beer Fest a couple years ago. Hmm. Color is coppery, Eh, I would say. Yeah, I think that's fair. Pretty clear. Looks probably filtered. Or at least centrifuged. Smell spicy. Spicy. Maybe a little maltiness in there. Do we um, go pumpkin flesh or pumpkin meat? 
Because it both sounds weird. I know. I think we... I think flesh. I think we've been saying flesh on the show. It just reminds me of Hellraiser for some reason. Because <laughs> he talks about pleasures and pains of the flesh a lot in that movie. But it's pumpkin meat just sounds gross. <laughs> it sounds like something sitting in the corner and rotting. It sounds like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre version. I've watched a lot of <laughs> horror movies this year, Michael. Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and go in? I'm mainly curious to see how this compares Ooh. to last year. You mean uh, last week? Last week's, yes. Now, uh, it's it's been quite a wow eight days since we last recorded. Um, yeah. Now, wow. We were kind of in the middle of the road on last mm-hmm. week's, correct? I believe so. Our average was in the mid threes. Um, I recall. Sorry if I'm jumping on what you're about to say. No, I don't you, remember. I was going to ask you. <laughs> you wanted. You thought it was a little too almost amber ale-y. A little too safe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you want more spice. Now, Jeremy, I think this is probably delivering on that because this is pretty spicy, as in like uh, I mean pumpkin spicy. Compared to last week's, anyway. Comparatively, yes. But Michael, we are not ranking these beers, at least not yet. So I no. would hesitate to go for the direct comparison. That said, I'm going to because it's <laughs> easy, and I am a weak man. Yeah. Uh, yes, there is a significant spice presence and I think it's probably you know cinnamon allspice nutmeg the usual suspects yeah Um, I'm pretty sure yeah there is allspice in there it's hard to tell like I said I'm congested I've been um I made a few pumpkin spice recipes over the past week when I wasn't sick and definitely the allspice like has an aftertaste that's very distinct to me from the other pumpkin spices because it lingers it has like this almost bitter or like flat aftertaste allspice and i'm getting that taste in this beer and for the you know michael for the longest time i thought uh allspice was just a mix of a bunch of spices yeah and then i, I saw, thought that too i read i read a bunch of uh my man kenji lopez alt's writing and it's just like oh wait he's saying toast allspice bear wait what <laughs> And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a dried berries of a plant known as Pimenta dioica. Isn't it from the Caribbean? Caribbean, Middle Eastern, Latin American cuisines, uh. among others. <laughs> the... Pop people also ask, oh. how do you make allspice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just open your spice drawer and shake. Well, actually, uh, myrecipes.com claims that as a substitute for one teaspoon of allspice, you can use one half teaspoon of ground cinnamon, one half teaspoon ground cloves, and a pinch of ground nutmeg. It's not the same. Mm-mm. The front end of this, I think you get a burst of cinnamon with that. A little bit. Or is it the malt? No, I think you're. I think it is the spices. I was just gonna say. I think it's a bit of a mix of more than just the cinnamon. Mm. I, th- I think. Oh sure, yeah. I think the cinnamon just cuts through the noise a little bit better because well, it's, it's cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> but man, the pumpkin taste really comes through in the back end. Yeah, I don't. I the main back end I get is uh, well maybe there's pumpkin there, but it's, I mean it takes a while. Allspice, yeah. It takes a it takes a hot second to get to that uh back end pumpkin meat taste. Meat. 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 But uh. Mate, but uh, I like this one. I don't know 
if my reticence to like like oh my god right <laughs> about the uh these pumpkin beers these past few weeks is you know says anything about the beers themselves or if it's i'm just in a lull when it comes to you know mm-hmm. my interest in pumpkin beers because i find my uh my interests in beer styles kind of waxes and wanes it's uh, sure yeah i don't i mean outside of like well, no, I was going to say, you know, even my go-to is IPA of, mm-hmm. some, of some sort. But, you know, that's not necessarily true. I don't think I really have a go-to anymore. Here's a question maybe for the ratings. Yes, sir. And I, I could, I'm kind of in the middle of this. Do you think this has adequate beerosity? Yes, I do. I think. Yeah. The, I mean, uh, there's still definitely a beer there, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying, but I think just mm-hmm. the style of pumpkin ale... It's what you get, yeah. It, it's such a pronounced flavor that no matter what you do or how well you do it, it's not going to have the same beerosity as, say, like a coffee stout. Right. And that also might be because pumpkin ales are kind of a novelty. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you can find coffee stouts all year round, pretty close to year round. Yeah, depending on the brewery, sure. you might even be able to find it year-round, yeah. Whereas a pumpkin ale is probably across the... September to November. Year, right. I guess we can we can rate it. Um, How do we keep talking about pumpkin ales without just repeating ourselves? Right. I guess we kind of well, have to compare <laughs> I mean, them yeah. against one another. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly what we have to do. Because, I mean, you're just kind of getting into finer details of differences between the two though i think again the next two we have are more dis- probably going to be more distinct than these two i mean really the only wild diversion mm-hmm. that i guess you could say from pumpkin ale that i've had like presumably in my life is the atomic pumpkin mm. well jeremy you got one though that i think is gonna i'm really looking forward to it i don't even remember what it is and rather like the... than ask you, I'm just gonna I'm just keep being be surprised. Yeah. I mean, I, I could even go and look at it. It's like 15 feet away from me right now, <laughs> but, but I'm not going to because it's more fun this way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with this one, I think it's just gonna come down to taste. Do we think it lives up to the dogfish head standard that we have in our minds, whatever that may be? I think it does. Yeah, I think there's a. I think so too underlying quality here and it's clear they're using fine ingredients care care yeah right i, I mean I, again we'll probably see a counter example of that uh, i'll take the word <laughs> for it <laughs> uh so this one compared to last week um i was more into last week's just because it was more malt focused with a hint of with a waving hand of some spices now, you didn't like it for that reason, which is fine. That's just a matter of taste. To me, this is the mirror of that. To me, the spices are amped up in here. So if you're looking for a pumpkin spice beer, this certainly delivers. For me, it's just a little much, especially the main taste I don't mind too much. But the aftertaste, it, 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 there's a really lingering kind of black. I, I don't know if that's pumpkin, the allspice, the malt. I don't know what it is exactly, but... It's just leaving a bad taste in my mouth, literally. Um, huh. And maybe it's now that I'm acquiring a cold after this illness that I've just been getting over. I don't know if the 
mucous membranes are lined with <laughs> a biofilm <laughs> that <laughs> clings the bad flavors. <laughs> um, but I hope you're all eating a nice big pile <laughs> of uh, like dumplings or something like that. Somebody at home, ah, I have one of these pumpkin ales. Finally, I can drink along with the lads. Uh-huh. And they just did a spit take. Um, I'm actually going to co- co-opt your rating from last week for this. Well, are you? Sip of judgment. Yeah, it could be. It just could be smoother, in my opinion. I'm going to give it a three. But if you like the spice, this one's probably for you, Jeremy. <laughs> if you like the spice. Yes. Fascinating, Michael. Fascinating way of putting it. Um, I think one thing that we're overlooking is the fact that this is a 7% beer. That's true, too. That's true. So it, it hides that that booziness well. Not that you necessarily need to hide booziness in a beer, especially mm-hmm. one like this that's designed for you know the colder months to at least give the illusion of warmth. But I... I disagree with you on the on the flavor text, and I think that might just be our personal taste. I'm digging this one because it says what it is, and it's putting it on Front Street there, Michael. It's, it is a pumpkin ale. Well, that's true, and that's what you didn't like with last week. You said there's spice on the label, and they didn't put the spice in there. This week, ironically, there's not spice on the label. Exactly. But there is in the flavor text, but... And so, I yeah, kind of more as advertised, I guess, than last week. One so. other key difference that I just realized is that last week's was considered an amber, whereas this one claims it is a brown. Oh. Now, I realize that may be splitting, you know, nomenclature hairs. Right. But um, I feel... Ambers, on the whole, have more beerosity to them, which is something that you prize in a beer. Yeah. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Right. Usually I associate ambers with more sweetness, too. Kind mm-hmm. of, and but. I, I definitely felt that last week's beer was a beer with, like, pumpkin highlights. Right. Whereas this is a more well-thought-out version of a pumpkin beer. Mm-hmm. I feel like the spices are more balanced than this one. Uh, I feel that the pumpkin flavor itself on the back end is a little closer to the pie taste that I so crave in a pumpkin beer. Uh-huh, that's right. That's the crux of this. It I, needs to. I'm sorry yeah. I like delicious, delicious pie, Michael. <laughs> but it, it's, the, it's the dragon, though, right? It's a little bit of the dragon effect? It is, and this, one, this one's not there. Because but it's closer. It's closer, yes. In my mind, the one that I had looked like uh, the pumpkin pie shake from the Hamburger. If you ever had one of those, oh, where they just th- where they just throw like a slice of pumpkin pie and a bunch of ice <laughs> cream and blend it up. But yeah, you're trying to get to the Old Capital Brew Works. Works, correct? The one they had that tastes like pumpkin pie that you've never. They literally can't get the spices quite right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well done. Um, <laughs> But uh, uh, let me go for a sip of judgment because yes. I've been yammering for what feels like forever. Yeah, all that gets factored in next to this sip for Jeremy's numerical rating. So I feel that this one has a taste that evolves both as the beer warms up and as the beer sits on my tongue. Mm-hmm. It's getting pumpkin-y-er. 
mm. as it warms up, which is the way to go. And I like that this beer starts off with uh, the spice, as we've both established whether or not that's we viewed that as good. I think we both agreed that it starts off with the you know the spice aspect of it, and I, the pumpkin flesh, it's, it's just <laughs> it still doesn't feel right. I gotta figure out a new way to do it. Um, but the pumpkin grindings, no, I, I don't know. The core, the grist, no. <laughs> the 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 pumpkin meat. All right, I'll go with right. I'll go with their word for this one. Okay, the pumpkin meat I feel tastes like actual pumpkin. Right with your heart. I'm going to give this a 4.0. Okay. I would like a little bit more of beerosity in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I still like it. Um, but yeah, in any case, this is another one down the gullet. Mm-hmm. If you want to get in touch, let us know what kind of pumpkin beers you're having. Email us. Oh, flipping it. APMPod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Facebook.com slash APMPod. Twitter at APM Pod. Check us out on Untapped as well, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings there. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. And tell us what you think of pumpkin beers, Mike. What is your uh what's your go to if you have a yeah. go-to? I feel like Mike would have a much more open mind. I don't know. I remember we had a maybe one of the first Halloween episodes and we had this one that was like a pumpkin porter, and to me, it, I'm like, I think that's where I coined beerosity. Mm. I'm like, this doesn't have any beerosity, and Mike was like, I don't care, it's really good. Um, it's true. Yeah, and which is a very legitimate approach, and I'd love to know what Mike, if he's had any pumpkin beers this year. Tell us, Mike, please. Yeah, but we'll leave it at that. Sure. <laughs> so for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I have been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.